Welcome to After Dark with Rob and Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or head on over to AmericaOutloud.com, where you can click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. In addition to that, check out the thousands of articles and podcasts while you're there that are updated daily, and please share those on social media. We've got on guest Heather Robinson tonight. She's going to be joining us once again. Of course, she's a New York Post journalist. We always love to have her insight on the show, and we've got a lot to talk about again tonight. You know, we spent the last couple nights talking about the recent uh, abortion rulings. But that's not all that's going on across the country. We still got record high inflation. We still got Joe Biden going out to uh, Venezuela, begging them for gas, Saudi Arabia, begging them for gas, a possible visit to Saudi Arabia coming up from Joe Biden. And I was watching uh, President Trump's rally this past weekend in Illinois, and he was talking about how when he left office, uh, Joe Biden was set up. We had the Keystone Pipeline that was would have been done by now. Um, we were energy independent, and we would have been the leaders in uh, gas. We'd have had even more than Russia, um, and our, if we would have just kept pumping like President Trump already had all the groundwork to do. But Joe Biden, as we know, he promised that he was going to undo everything President Trump did. And he meant it because you look at the way that the country has been running and it is the opposite of when we had President Trump in office. Gas prices um, around $5 a gallon right now across the nation and it's not going to get any better. We keep hearing the financial experts saying that it could go up to six, $7 by the end of the year. So we've got Joe Biden who took a strong stance in the uh, presidential debates on Saudi Arabia, said he was gonna be coming down tough on the Saudi regime, but it sounds like it's going to be quite the opposite now. He is kowtowing to the Saudi prince and going to be begging them to sell us more oil. Rob, what are your thoughts on the resident in chief, Joe Biden, and begging Saudi Arabia for oil? It's embarrassing. It's completely, utterly embarrassing. It's an embarrassing moment if, in fact, he does do it. Now, we all know that he had reached out to them some time ago when we first had this oil crisis and he wanted to talk to them, and they refused to take his phone call. The fact that he is now reaching out to them again and could possibly go and speak with them, I mean, he might be going to speak with them now when we air tonight. We we never know. I mean, he's in the middle of the G7 summit, and what they're doing there, God only knows. They're still talking about, oh, well, green energy, and the world needs to look at what we're doing to destroy it, and, and nothing but a bunch of liberal hacks, a bunch of woke liberal idiots. And of course, when they when he comes back and they'll have all these takeaways, it will fall upon America to do more. And we're already doing more. These other countries aren't doing deadly squat. And why are we the only ones there? The biggest polluters is India and China, India and China. But everyone is looking the other way. They're looking at the United States. Oh, United States, you need to do this and you need to do that because they know that they can force us down our throats. Look at our economy. It's in the tanks. We're going out looking for other people to give us gas and oil when we have it here to use for ourselves. But we're supposed to feel good with our economy going in the tank because Joe, he's going to end fossil fuel. It's a big embarrassment. They need to send him back home. Now, if this were Trump, we wouldn't even be having this moment right now for Trump. So we shouldn't even say if. It wouldn't be there. Putin would have never gone to Ukraine. I feel comfortable saying that. But look at who we have. 
the man that everyone promised us would bring us unity, the man they said, oh, he's the best, the man who is supposed to protect us, the man who has crashed our economy, the man whose head of the Department of Justice refuses to protect our Supreme Court justices, refuse to protect them. He's over in Ukraine trying to help them investigate war crimes. Whereas we have a crisis right here on our own doorsteps, he's not even concerned about it. It's intimidation factors. They want them to be intimidated. They want them to be afraid. Initially, they wanted them afraid because they didn't want them to come out with the ruling that they feared they would come out with after it was leaked. As we talked about it in last night's show, it was leaked earlier on this year how the court was possibly going to decide. So now that it's been leaked, now they want to continue scaring them. So while Joe is overseas with the G7 summit, creating more havoc, and Garland is over in Ukraine somewhere looking for war crimes, back home, everything is just in turmoil. 2022, and this is what we're up against. Votes have consequences, the way you vote. Elections have consequences if you don't vote the right way. So as you said, we have Heather on, brought her back on again tonight. We want her to talk about, give her thoughts on Joe and his, and his ventures overseas. But I also want to get her thoughts on this whole abortion, uh, the overruling. And as we've said before, what the justices did, it does not end abortion. Liberal states will still have it. But the left wants you to think that, oh, they've ended it all over. But you and I, we've been talking about it. Two fellas, we've been giving our opinion. So I think it's good to get an opinion from a female. Now, we don't know what Heather's going to say. We don't know which side she's on. But we thought it was worthwhile having her to come on and to share her thoughts. So I'm going to toss it to Heather so that she can give her thoughts on Joe Biden. But first, I definitely want to hear what she has to say about the Supreme Court's ruling. Heather, how are you tonight? I'm fine, Rob. Hey, Andrew, great to be on. So, Heather, uh, what are your thoughts on abortion and what the courts have done? And it's been in the making for 50 years. And as I said, the left is trying to put it and say that abortion has been, you know, ended completely, which and that's not the case, because you have states like New York and California that will still you know, honor abortions. You have Illinois and you even have companies who won't give their employees raises, but they're saying, oh, we'll help you have an abortion. If you come here, oh, we'll pay for it. So what are your thoughts on all of that, Heather? Well, okay, uh, very complex set of issues. And thank you guys for having me on. Um, My first thought about it all is yes. Um, As we discussed even before this happened, um, I knew that if Roe was overturned, we would simply return the, the, um, the issue to the states. This is really, uh, I think, you know, fair to say a federalism versus states kind of rights and power issue. And I listen, I'm not an attorney, but I think that's um, a part of what's going on here. Uh, I Yes, you're right that the, you know, the, the states where this is seen more liberally clearly will, um, you know, continue. If anything, they may further liberalize their laws. It wouldn't surprise me at all. My understanding is that the more conservative states, and I, I don't want to over, um, I don't want to overstate because I, I guess it's it's going to be a state by state thing. But at a glance, even the ultra conservative states 
you know, like Missouri, which was the um, the state where the case that that uh, rose to the Supreme Court triggered this. Uh, it, it was the issue was um, Missouri had a law that I believe was limiting abortion past 15 weeks, um, and it was they they someone sued to have basically a later term abortion and the Supreme Court upheld Missouri's right to that restriction on abortion. So, I mean, even a state like that, which is quite conservative, I guess, generally, they're not um, banning it early on, you know, in the first, actually, that's a little over the first three months. So basically, it seems to me that what this is going to affect is late term abortions. Um, that are not done for medical or uh, reasons or reasons of severe fetal abnormality. So first thing I'd like to say is I don't think it's even something that's going to affect, is going to need to affect, you know, anyone who, uh, you know, feels she needs an abortion and handles it in a timely fashion, frankly. I, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn because I'm not a legal scholar or an expert on abortion. But I, I think that this really, I do think that women, you know, are going to be, a lot of women are going to, are very worked up. But I think the first thing to realize is that if you are, you know, if, if you're not planning, you know, I mean, no one, I guess, ever plans, but if you're, if you're, if you have the wherewithal to uh, address an unwanted pregnancy, within the first three months and a week, you know, this, I don't think this is even going to affect anybody, you know, and as far as the later term issue, yes, I guess it depends on the state. I mean, look, on my, on, you know, on a personal level, one thing I will say, I do think this is an issue that you can have theoretical views about, but I think when it, it intersects with the lives of people close to you or your own life, it's the kind of issue that becomes very emotional, very personal. I am, you know, I am pro-choice, but I am like the many, many Americans who feel that um, abortion on demand, abortion of healthy, unborn uh, fetuses, children, late term, uh, you know, is a very problematic uh, moral um, situation. And I think that, you know, I do, I do support the right of individuals to seek this procedure, you know, within certain limits. You know, you guys, I, I, I hesitate to make this comparison because I know that these are two very different issues. But, you know, I, I think one thing it has in common with the gun, the gun rights and gun control issue is that you do have people who take very extreme positions and this fear of the slippery slope, that if there's any restriction at all, the right is going to be totally taken away. And I think that that's unfortunate sometimes because I do believe that these are very complicated, you know, issues, very morally complex. And, and you know, it, 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 there is some, I think, sane kind of middle ground approach somewhere that's the best we're going to do, I guess. And so, you know, I think hopefully what this will do is it will just allow people, you know, in the country to grapple with this in a more, um, you know, regionally kind of specific and case by case sort of basis. But yes, um, you know, I have to say, you know, one thing that I do 
I do think is important is um, I, I do think that there should be um, exceptions for extreme situations. You know, I kind of have always felt that um, that's what the pro-choice side wants people to think every abortion is, you know, that every abortion is an agonized decision, you know, because a woman has been placed in a completely untenable situation. I, you know, I think that the cases of rape, of, of incest, of a little young girl getting pregnant, of, of you know, a woman carrying a, a child where something is severely wrong in some way, I think those really are the agonizing choices. Um, and I really don't, yeah, I don't think that's anyone's business, but the woman's and her doctor's and her families, you know, but I mean, as far as elective abortion later term, I, you know, I think that that that's what some of this is designed to address and to, to place some limit on. And I guess I just, you know, I, I don't think that that's unreasonable. Um, you know, I, and I think that the other thing this demonstrates, you know, my personal feelings aside, uh, I think that this demonstrates that the court was not being political at all, because it was interesting in your intro, Rob, you said something about, or maybe it was, um, you know, you, you had said something about people saying that, uh, that the court is trying to act like the Taliban or something, which is so ridiculous. I think it's actually the opposite, because it occurred to me today that this, you know, one unfortunate thing for conservatives is I don't think the timing of this is auspicious as far as the midterms. So many people in the country, especially women, are so, uh, you know, stridently pro-choice, you know, even in all circumstances. They don't want even the slightest regulation on any of this. And I think that they will, I mean, you know, I was talking recently with someone, you know, who said to me, you know, who on earth would vote for these Democrats? You know, even the liberals, I mean, with the crime and the inflation and the, you know, all of this, you know, they're doing such a terrible job managing the cities and the economy. I mean, if there's one thing that I think that would move people to the polls to vote for the Democrats, frankly, it's this. I think a lot of women are gonna be scared, spooked by this. I think probably overly alarmed and the media, you know, and the liberal media and the liberal politicians are doing everything they can, of course, to whip up women, scare them. Um, you know, even though again, uh, you know, if, if you're not gonna, you know, how can I say this without being callous? If you're going to be responsible about birth control and you're going to have, you know, take care of things fairly early on, if God forbid you feel you need an abortion, I don't think this needs to affect you. However, I think most women are going to be, you know, spooked, very spooked. And I think it's going to move a lot of women to vote, you know, Democrats. So my point is, I don't think this was political. Certainly the timing's not good for conservatives. Um, you know, and I guess the justices felt that this was a matter of constitutional principle. And, you know, another example of conservatives acting on principle, not uh, on um, the slick shysting that I think that the other side is much better at. So those are my thoughts. Well, thank you for that, Heather. We like bringing you on so we can get all sides and all points of view. So we appreciate your point of view. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, available on America Out Loud, which is on the 
America Out Loud iHeartRadio channel. We're here Monday through Friday at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Please like and subscribe. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Ayers. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. We're back on After Dark with Robin Andrew with our special guest, Heather Robinson, New York Post, wanting to get her thoughts on the abortion issue. And Heather, you did bring up a lot of good points. One of the things that I want to circle back on is the, the timing of all this and Republicans or conservatives acting on principle, because as you said, this definitely is an issue that will jolt a lot of people, women in particular, to go to the polls. Now, the question now is, how long will they allow this to simmer? Will it simmer up until the election? Because there's so many things that we will be faced from now June to November, you know, the, the economy, uh, crisis at the border. They took a poll as to what people are concerned with. And that's one of the items, the border, the economy, food prices. So will this, will this drive a lot of people to the polls, especially women? And if Democrats keep saying that it's going to end abortion all over, and we know that that's just not true, because there are other issues that they have put in place and said, well, you know, if it was, let's say, if a person was raped, incest, and we talked, spoke about this on last night's show, that women would be allowed to have an abortion, but this blanket that it ends at all, when you have these conservative states that are there, that are not going to allow that to happen. One caveat, Rob, I do I did read a little bit about the Missouri law, and apparently the Missouri law does not make an exception for rape or incest in the second trimester. So, you know, there my I can't speak for them or their reasoning. My guess is that they probably are basing that on the idea that if God forbid something like that happened and some little girl or, you know, 
woman was raped. I think that they're probably supposing she would, she and her family would handle this sooner. You know, that the idea that, I think they don't want people using that as a loophole. You know, they, they want people to, my guess would be that they want people to do this early if they're going to do it. You right. Know? So, they're, so they're not saying you can't, but if you're in that third trimester. Or second trimester. Or second trimester, you can't. They're not allowing exceptions. Right rape or incest or anything other than hmm. medical issues in the second trimester. Right. So, so it is a strict, you know, it is. It is. But then too, I would think about the, and it's not called the morning after pill, but it's that the, the pill that they give individuals once they've been raped, just sure. in case. You know, so would that come into play also? So there's so many anomalies that are there so that there we just don't know about. Do, right. There are other things. Yep. I, my guess would be that they, they are, they are legislating that way because they don't want people who are doing it for, you know, reasons other than Uh necessity. They don't want people, you know, they don't want people doing this to, you know, in the set later on, you know, unless it's truly medically necessary. Because when when you look, when you really look at it and the way people are positioning it, it's almost as if though the way I see it, that their position is that I don't care if I got an abortion, even if I were to wait until the eighth month, I should be able to have an abortion if I choose to do so. That's Some what I want. That way, but, and the unborn child has been very dehumanized, let's face right. it. So, think of it as a child, you know, even if it can survive outside the womb, there are some pro-choice extremists who, you know, they don't think of this as a, as a human being or a sentient being. And I mean, I think the reality is that... I, most women would be loath to do this late in a pregnancy. And if heaven forbid it were necessary, it would be for medical reasons. And I do think that should be understood and handled by women and their families and doctors. You know, that's what the pro-choice crowd, I, this is just my take. They kind of want to make all abortion. They want to pretend that all abortion is that, is like an agonized decision that the woman desperately doesn't want to make, but has to because the alternative is unthinkable, you know, which would be the case if God forbid the fetus, you know, had some horrible suffering disease or the woman was going to die. See, that's the the conversation that should be had that the the, the exceptions. Sure. Before them, but they don't. All like, like, right. And and they don't do it because they want to put fear in women into thinking that, oh, no, it's either this way or the highway. So we've got to push back. But there are the exceptions, albeit, like you said, might be extreme if you before the second semester, you can't have the abortion. But again, I go back to that pill that we hear about all the time. If a person has been raped, but at the same time, there are some women that don't report it. They don't report that they've been raped. It, if it's a kid, the kid was raped. The kid isn't going to tell anyone. And then the kid finds out, let's say five months later, oh, I'm pregnant, you know, yeah. and I'm pregnant with my father's child or my uncle. Yeah. So yeah. those are the extremes. But it's, I would hope, I would like to think that that's not happening nonstop. But it is a conversation worth having. And it if people were to have level point. heads, Right. Yes. If they were to stop and say, but wait a minute, let's, th- let's think this through. Yes. Let's talk this out because mm-hmm. there has to be a common ground here. We have to be able 
to look at all the different situations as opposed to lumping it all in the bucket and scaring women into thinking, oh, no, 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 you can't do it at all. Oh, what about this? What about, oh, we've got to stop it. See, that's when the lunacy comes in. And that's the reason why we wanted you to come on tonight, Heather, to hear what you have to say as a woman. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, Rob, it's it's a very, um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get personal, you know, but I mean, I, I mean, I can, I, I, I mean, I know quite a few women who are contemplating attempting pregnancies later in life, for instance, you know, and there's a lot that's happened, a lot of advances as far as um, ultrasound technology. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Let me. Um, I guess someone, Heather, wants to talk to you about this. They probably hear you tonight and they're calling in, but go ahead. But, you know, you know, these, listen, there are ethical issues, you know, I think often at, you know, especially at either end, when you're talking about very young girls or, you know, who aren't in a position emotionally and, you know, maybe aren't in an ideal position, even physically to give birth. And then at the other end, you have ladies who are older, either unintentionally or intentionally pregnant, who face a higher risk of um, severe fetal abnormality or health issues themselves. Um, so, you know, I think you have a lot of things that are real ethical issues that need to be grappled with. And I do believe that most women are decent people, you know, wouldn't do this callously. Um, but I think that we have seen the pro-choice movements, um, rhetoric and their, their, even though I am, I am pro-choice. I, I, you know, I think that, particularly in these extreme situations, that it really isn't the government's call. You know, if you're working with a doctor and you're, you know, a, a responsible individual. But I guess, yeah, I mean, these things—they're very tough. They're very tough. And I think what maybe the law is designed to do is to discourage people from using. Abortion, though, as a, a form of, of birth control on a healthy fetus, you know, I think that I think that it's fair to say, even though most women don't do that or wouldn't do that, I think the pro-choice movement has made the error, in my opinion, of coarsening the discussion and not grappling with the ethical issues. You know, pretending that there is nothing to be considered other than the woman's body, and you know, I mean, that really isn't true. There's whether, whether you believe it's a human being fully or not, there's the beginnings of life. There, there are ethical issues to be considered. And I think that the law is, is recognizing that, you know, and I think part of what's happened is the technology has advanced. And just as in colonial times, let's say, you know, the, I, the justices, my understanding is that part of this ruling was based on the idea that there's no constitutional right to abortion, that that was, that Roe v. Wade invented that. Because the reality is, uh, in colonial America, you know, I don't think it was something that, I'm not saying it never happened, but it, it wasn't a typical um, occurrence. Women weren't trying to end pregnancies, generally speaking, there was no safe technology for doing so. And so it wasn't 
something that colonial people were discussing or, I mean, it simply wasn't, let's, let's face it. I mean, it just wasn't a big issue in colonial America. So the idea that there was a, a right to an abortion enshrined in the constitution was an invention basically is what these justices I think are saying. And I'm sure that's true now. I mean, whether that means that we, I mean, because the world's changed so drastically and technology's changed, medicine's changed, women's roles in society have drastically changed. So we have to grapple with this now. Um, but what's also changed very fairly quite recently is ultrasound technology. It's like the technology that um, made abortion more possible and able to be safe was one big change. But then, you know, now we can see more of the fetus in utero. And I think that has, as well it should, it has influenced people's views about this, especially about later term abortion, because you can see the heartbeat, you can see um, the, the, you know, the developing fetus. And, you know, it's not as easy to just say, oh, there's nothing there, and it's not right. to be considered, you know? But I, so right. It, it, modern technology has uh, given us the ability, like you said, to see the the fetus and see that it is a child, whereas you have those on the left who don't want that, and they don't want the mother to see it. They don't want the mother to have, uh, to hear the, the heartbeat. I think that in some cases, there are a lot of people who are selfish, who want to wait. And that's what I, I'm seeing, uh, the circles and things that I'm hearing on social media, that some of these women are completely selfish. They want to save my body, my choice. But when it came time for them to get the vaccine, it's like, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. What are you doing here? But taking, just going back to the whole abortion issue, when you have a person who's like, I'm going to have this baby. And I've had this story, I've heard this. And then right up until the eighth month, it's like, nope, I changed my mind. I don't want it because I'm mad no, at the dad. I haven't known anybody who's that. I have had that. I've had that. And really? I think that that's right. That, that, is, that's, that's that is not right. I mean, the only right. women I know of who've had a later term abortion, I do know somebody, I know of somebody. It was a terrible situation. It was a heartbreaking situation with a severe medical issue. Right. But the person didn't go through with it, but the person was selfish because mad at the baby's dad that I'm going to have this abortion. Oh, and, and I mean, was really mean and selfish. Mm -hmm. well, I is. thought, how could a person be so cruel mm -hmm. and to say, well, this is what I'm going to do because I, I just want to hurt the dad. Well, this, that's maybe what this law, this change is designed to protect, prevent, you know, and, um, you know, it, and to, to um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't encountered that in my own life, but I hear you. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and look, I mean, it's true. There's no shortage of people who want to adopt, particularly right. a healthy child. Uh -huh. so I do think it's great that the conservatives have been doing more, you know, with the birthing centers and the support for young women. I, I, one thing I agree with some genuine liberals on is that I think if we are going to restrict, um, you know, allow states to restrict abortion, we really need to, you know, provide support to young mothers, people who don't have the financial means. I mean, I think that that really is an important part of this. Um, right. No, that's important. I'm glad you mentioned that the women who don't have the financial means. So it begs the question, why is it that corporations are willing 
to pay for an abortion, pay for a woman to go to another state to have the abortion, as opposed to saying, we will help you financially. Is it that they yeah. don't want to do it? They don't want another added yeah. expense? Right. I mean, and no one is thinking lot. about that. Yeah. You, would, you would think that women yeah. rights groups would call them out and say, okay, we hear what you're saying. We're, we're glad that you're going to you know, pay for these women to, tr- to travel right. across state lines, but why won't you help them support this kid? And then on the same side, why is it that Merrick Garland aren't going after the radicals that are bombing these centers that are trying to help women through the pregnancy, as opposed to if you were to bomb an abortion clinic, oh, you're going to jail for life. I know. The clinics that are being bombed because they're trying to support mothers, nothing, absolutely nothing, silence. Well, that shows the hypocrisy and the evil of some on the left. I'm not saying most, but some people, I mean, that is the most evil thing, I think. I mean, one of the worst things I've heard. I mean, to bomb a clinic. I think it's called Jane's Revenge, this group. Jane's Revenge, right. And Ruth Sintas, that's another group. Without any any heart and soul, no, no sincere compassion. I mean, they, they're harassing women, they're harassing children, they're doing everything they claim to be against. It's, uh, you know, the, yeah, it seems like they're, um, they're, imitating the worst of our side, you know, the, the random wackos who would try to shoot up abortion clinics. It's like these people are trying to ape that, I guess. Um, but it's, it just belies their, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it reveals how, how, uh, how anti-woman, how anti-life, I mean, it's just a nihilistic fanaticism and, um, it's, it's terrible, but I, I support, you know, the efforts to help women and help youngsters. I, I heard recently about a 15 year old girl who got pregnant, the relative of someone I know, and she's going through with it. She's going to have her baby. And I just hope, you know, there's something like this available to her uh, because it's, it's not an easy path, but I commend it. And um, it's, it's, we need to support young women and, and all women who want to, to protect life. And, uh, and you know, in, in the case of truly, truly heart-rending situations, you know, I, I think and believe that the, you know, I, I hope that the, um, the wisdom of our, our courts will, you know, recognize um, the moral complexity here and the need for um, some, some freedom to make decisions based on the individual situations um, in, around this complicated issue. Yeah, well said, Heather. If you're looking for better sleep, focus, and energy, check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. Rob and I have tried Healthy Cell, and we are so happy we did. Healthy Cell vitamins work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins. And you can save 20% off your first order if you go to HealthyCell.com and use the code OUTLOUD. Thank you, Healthy Cell, for sponsoring America Out Loud and After Dark with Rob and Andrew. We hope that you, with the listeners, will give them a shot and go check them out. We'll be back with more After Dark with Rob and Andrew. This is Dr. Peter McCullough. Do you know there's no other condition that I'm aware of where vitamins and supplements make such a big difference than COVID-19? We have a, an abundance of data 
that we need to be replete with a variety of micronutrients, and that includes vitamins, minerals, and other substances our bodies need. I rely on Healthy Cell Super Boost. That's immune super boost. It's a, a gel pack that can be taken every day. I like to do it before I exercise and before I go out. It's a wonderful supplement. It gives me the immune super boost that I need. Go to HealthyCell.com, use the promotional code OUTLOUD, and get a discount on your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients, like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. It tastes great, comes in a convenient squeeze gel pack, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Well, we're up, we're up on the last half of the show, and we're still discussing this whole fallout of the abortion and Heather Robinson, who's on discussing this with us. <laughs> And uh, when we went to break, we were asking her if she could come back on the next night because there's so much we want to talk about. And I just, uh, something just came across my cell phone while we were having this discussion that AOC is saying that back when she was 22 or 23, she was raped. And it says that AOC recalls thanking God she had the choice to get an abortion when she took a pregnancy test after being raped. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a ledge here. I'm sorry. She's going to have to prove that to me. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I don't believe her at all. The same way I don't believe when she said that on Jan 6, people were after her. They wanted to kill her. And that they were banging on the door saying, where is she? Where is she? We want her. Let us have her. Now, if what she's saying now is true, why hasn't she come out and said anything about this earlier on when we've been having this debate? Why only now she's finding it conveniently to say that she was raped at the age of 22 and 23 when she was in New York City. I don't believe her. I could be wrong. Maybe it happened. But I want proof. Because as we see that these people take crises like this and they like to embellish it, they like to say, well, this happened to me. I, I, I don't believe her, Andrew. I don't know about you, but I don't believe her. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, my uh, BS radar is going off on this one as well. It just uh, seems awfully convenient that now would be the time that she would come out and uh, bring this revelation when she's got a history of using anything that she can to uh, be the victim. So if she had this in her back pocket, um, she would have mentioned this much sooner than now. And uh, it just seems to be like she's just trying to capitalize politically on this issue. Well, she's trying to capitalize. Okay, so she's coming out now saying that. Heather, by the way, while we're talking, I sent you a text so that you could read this if you want to look over it really quick. But uh, so she's saying that she was raped in New York City when she was 22 or 23. Eric Adams is coming out saying that his girlfriend 
I think when it was 16 or 17, he got her pregnant and that he convinced her to have an abortion. Now, this is a man telling a woman to have an abortion. I thought you guys didn't want men telling women what to do. This is Merrick Garland? No, not Merrick Garland, but Eric Adams. Oh, okay. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, came out and said recently that he convinced his girlfriend uh-huh. to have an abortion. And had she not having had an abortion, he wouldn't be where he is today. Now, we also have Letitia James, who's saying that she, at one point in her life, got pregnant and that she walked proudly into an abortion clinic, got an abortion, and she walked proudly out. We have representative in, I think it was California, Japal, who's saying that she had an abortion. Cori Bush said that she had an abortion. All these women are coming out saying that they had an abortion. Some of them probably so, but Letitia James, doubtful. I need for her to prove it. Okay, I need for all of these women who are now coming out saying that they had an abortion to prove it. And the reason why I want them to do this is because I think that they are preying on the innocence of other women who actually have to encounter this situation and have to make this decision. And they have to make this decision alone. I could be wrong, but I want them to prove it because I think it's just too convenient Mm -hmm. for them to now come out and say, well, this is what happened to me. What do you say, Heather? Well, listen, I can't speak for them. And I hear you that some of these women as personalities seem like narcissists. I thought there was a lot of that during the Me Too and all that. But I think something like, honestly, this is going to sound very politically incorrect, but I kind of think it depends on what the woman's talking about. Like, I don't think too many women would make up having an abortion, no matter how... No, ma- let, no matter how um, how much bravado the pro-choice movement has tried to dress it up in, the truth is, though, it's not, you know even if you don't think it's something to be ashamed of, and you you know it isn't anything to be proud of or bragging about. It's like, but they you know, want like, you to be proud of it. The left, they, they're saying I, you should be proud. Look at Lena yeah. Dunham. Lena Dunham said not too long ago that she wished she had had an abortion. No, they came out and they attacked her. Now, I, I hear what you're saying that you wouldn't think that someone would make it up, but like I don't believe woman, AOC. Can I, can I put it bluntly, Rob? It's yes. like the women who make who talk about having having been raped by a guy on the street, okay, or you know made to do some horrible, vulgar thing. I mean, those women, I believe, okay, they, there's nothing for a. If, if what you're saying is that you were not quite raped, but just sort of kind of bothered by a famous movie star, you know, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that actually, I think for somebody who is um, a narcissistic personality. Like uh, Amber Heard? Away. Yeah, I'm not saying she's lying or she right. is. I'm just saying it's possible that that could actually, in the minds of some, and, you know, make a woman seem, it's like the woman's, some of those women, to be honest with you, I was skeptical of. It's like, A, they're talking about, you know, they voluntarily went to the hotel room of some famous person of high status and they got out in the nick of time and didn't get raped and weren't made to do anything humiliating. I mean, that really is the kind of story that in the climate of a lot of instant sympathy and coverage for a woman, you know, you can imagine, and I'm not saying they're lying, but I mean, you could imagine somebody might make that up. I mean, something like getting an abortion or being made to 
do some degrading thing by the bum on the street. Like, I don't think women who say that are probably making it. I mean, I don't, I just don't think it is something that a woman, uh, maybe I'm just, I, I just don't, I, you know, I mean, I don't no. know. I, 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 it's something to make up. I would believe so. her. I will believe her when she produced hard evidence, facts that it happened, because she has a track record, in my opinion, of embellishing a lot of stories. She has a track record of making herself appear at different places whereby she was wasn't even next to it. I mean, right. again, going back to Jan Six, that was a complete lie. She was in one building, they were in another building, and no one has called her out on that. And they've said, well, how is it possible? Because the, the uh, protesters were at the Capitol, and she was located way over here, and for her to get there, it would have to been a, you know, a huge travel for her to get there. But yet and still, she claims they were banging on her door saying, where is she? We want her. It was a lie. And they have not called her out on it. Well, I'm going to call her out on this whole story that she was raped. If it did happen, prove it to me. I, I want to see it. I want to know that you were raped. Other than that, you're lying. And they should call her out. They should investigate her. This is what Republicans should be doing. They should get someone, hire someone, and investigate her. Now she will come back and say, oh, look at the, they're attacking little old me. No, you are lying. I'm going to say it. She's lying because she could have used that. But let me finish. She could have used that so many other times when she's been campaigning. But now she wants to wait. No, I don't believe her. I just don't believe her. Not at all. How long would this have been? She's what, in her early 30s now? I guess 10 years ago. Well, I mean, part of the problem with these things is, you know, it's like that many years ago. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when people said Donald Trump, uh, you know, tried to get me to go to bed with him in the dress room at Bergdorf Goodman 25 <laughs> years ago. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's true or it isn't true, but how the hell is anybody going to prove it when you didn't go to the police and there's no physical evidence and it happened 25 years ago? So I, you know, all, all I'm saying, as we say in Pennsylvania, is there's just no way to prove or disprove such a There's thing. no way to prove or disprove, but you would think she would have used that when this woman was coming out saying that, oh, Trump raped me. She could have come out and said, oh, well, I believe her because this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. She has had plenty of opportunities to come out and say this. Look at how many voters she could have gained again had she said it. But only now, only now AOC wants to say, oh, well, look at what happened to me. Sorry, AOC. I don't believe it, and neither should any of you unless she is able to come and say, here are the police records. This is what happened. Now, she'll probably say, oh, I didn't report it because I was afraid, or I've forgotten about it. It had gone out of my memory. I suppressed the thoughts. No, uh uh-uh. I'm tired of the lies. I am tired of the lies. We have got to start calling these people out. Now, Letitia James, maybe it did happen, but the way she described it, she walked in and she held her held up high, had her head up high. She went in, she had her abortion and she marched back out and she went and got her career. And then Representative Japal, oh, the same thing happened to me. And I marched right out and blah, 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 blah. And then Cori Bush, I'm sorry. I don't believe it. These women, they're, I, I dare say it, but they're lying. And to me, in my opinion, they are lying until they prove me wrong. It's just too convenient for them to come out with these stories. And what's really sad, I'll say this, what's really sad, because somewhere in America, 
somewhere right now, there is a woman who was just raped. There's a woman who just found out that she was pregnant. She's pregnant because she was raped. And having to go through that and make the decision, what do I do? Look at what the law is telling me now. Because they've scared these women. What do I do now? These women are afraid to come out because they don't know if someone's going to attack them. If they go to a center whereby they say, I want to have the baby, how do they know some wackadoodle from the left is it going to try to blow up the place because they don't want them to have the baby? How do they know that their job really doesn't want them to have the baby because they don't want to have to pay for the health care, but they prefer to give them the money to go to a state to have an abortion? So now you have these women coming out with this story late in the game for political reasons. I'm sorry, AOC. I'm sorry. Until you show facts, until I get proof, I don't believe you, and neither should any of you. And it's sad that she's now trying to play on the emotions of women who are going through this right now. And this is the reason why this has become so political, because you have women who are evil, who don't care, who are self-centered, self-serving, and they're using this as a crutch against other women. I don't believe it. Yes, I'm getting emotional about this, because I don't believe it. Well, all I can say is that we had a man sent to prison and ruined, okay, for rape, convicted by women who, who, after the supposed rapes, there was no police reports, no physical evidence of, no corroboration, and these women wrote friendly emails to him after the alleged the supposed rapes, asking him for favors. I'm talking about the Harvey Weinstein trial, and uh-huh. he's a rapist as far as the public is concerned and in the eyes of the law. So if that could happen in America, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I think the rest of this is just, you know, it's at least these people aren't, you know, naming individual men and ruining them with no evidence, which is what we already well, they're, have. They're naming, they're naming Donald Trump because they want to ruin him. And what you bet, if this gets to court, although there's no evidence, you will get a liberal judge who's, and I don't even say a liberal judge, but you will get a biased judge who wants to stop Trump, who will let this go forward. You will get a jury that is completely biased. That is a reason why we have to push back. We have to call this stuff out. And these women that are doing it, like the Ember Herds of the world, they are ruining, they're, they're, they're making it difficult for other women who are actually going through these things. They're making it worse because they're coming up and they're lying for selfish reasons, for whatever reason, because they're mad because they're scorned. Shame on you, shame on you. Shame on you, AOC who just wants brownie points, who just want to add more fuel to the fire. Shame on you. Well, Shame but on I mean, you, all of them. There's no evidence disproving it. But I mean, we had evidence, to my mind, disproving. I mean, I guess you can't, you can't prove a negative. So you can't, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, I mean, at least AOC and these other people aren't, claiming that someone they sent friendly emails to asking for favors recently is someone who raped them and expected the world to believe that, which is something we've already had to swallow. You know, to me, this is kind of like much less extreme. I mean, this is speaking in general terms. I hear you, Rob, and I get it. It may be narcissistic grandstanding, but who knows? I mean, it's, it's just, it's a general sort of statement and, 
I don't know. I mean, I think we've kind of, I hear you, but I think that the, the pendulum has swung so far, you know, that I think you're, you're it's really a, um, it's a, a, it's like a, a, a quixotic sort of quest to try to push back. I mean, at this point, any woman, I mean, you, even the courts have, have, you know, ceased to require evidence other than claims. And, you know, this is what somebody said. I mean, in some cases, so in some high profile cases. So, you know, I think women making general statements, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, my friend, I think good luck pushing back on that because, you know, the, the empathy is very much with women on this. And, you know, I agree with you, the pendulum has swung too far, but I mean, I guess it's better than the days when, you know, any woman who made such a claim was immediately, uh, you know, branded with the scarlet letter as a whore and a liar. I mean, who the heck, the truth is we don't know, you know, and I, I mean, I think that should probably be the proper attitude about it. I don't think it should be something that we all have to reflexively believe or disbelieve because there's no way to know, you know, without evidence, any of this. Right. And, and it happened. So <laughs> like almost 10 or 12 years ago, and she's now deciding to yeah, I bring it to the forefront. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's really sad. I mean, this, I don't know how we're, this is a 2022. And it's almost as if though we're taking steps back, we're confused, we're delusional. We're believing lies. We're believing the impossible men could have babies and, you can have 12 different genders. You can wake up any moment. I, I seriously, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I should just wake up and just say, I'm a woman today and I want that job. I want this. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to sue you. Well, why? Well, because I'm a woman and I'm entitled to that job. We should ask these, we should ask these women now, the definition, as I said earlier on, what is a woman and see what their response would be. I mean, all these crazies have come out and I, I think that the only way to save the country, truthfully, to save the country is for conservatives to come back and save the country. And we, it just can't be any conservative because some conservatives will just sit there and do absolutely nothing. We need conservatives that will act, that will move, because we're in this situation, in my opinion, because of the lackluster of many conservatives sitting back and not doing anything. There is no reason why. Elon Musk, we should be viewing Elon Musk as the savior of free speech simply because he's going to buy Twitter. That is ridiculous. There should have been conservatives already putting together some group to say, hey, we're going to counter Twitter, or we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, or we're going to run candidates the same way George Soros is running candidates. There are conservatives that have billions of dollars. Why weren't they looking at putting candidates to run for DAs? What were they waiting for? Did they not care? They were just looking at the dollar? So it's not, while I do fault, the left for a lot of this stuff, but conservatives also, they've got to take some blame because they have been given a lot and have done absolutely nothing. We've got to do better. Andrew, <laughs> wow. Uh, Heather, we want you to come back on tomorrow night because there's so much more to talk about. We've only touched the tip of the iceberg because I also want to get your thoughts on the G7 summit. I also want to get your thoughts on you know, the abortion clinics that are being 
that or Jane's revenge that's out attacking people and Ruth centers and the clinics that are supporting life that are being bombed and attacked and no one is saying anything about it. And then we have our fellow brothers and sisters on the left, Representative Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, who are adding fuel to the fire. But they're quiet. So we want to have you back, Andrew. Let's let's have her back again tomorrow so that we can continue this conversation. Indeed. Great show. This is such a polarizing issue. We've got people all over the country that come along on the, both sides of the aisle. I mean, you've got Republicans that are pro-choice. You've got some Democrats that are pro-life. It's just a big mix of um, people's opinions on this issue from both sides, both parties. They both split. So it's really interesting. And it was nice to get Heather's take tonight. Thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you stream, please like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. You can also go to AmericaOutloud.com, click the Listen Live tab, or check out our full archive of shows on the website. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or you will fall for nothing.